Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Change is constant, and nowhere is this more true than with your company's network and network security. With an SD-WAN solution from Blackfoot Communications, you get the best of both worlds. A scalable network to quickly connect remote offices and the protection from downtime that ensures your network is always on. For more information, visit blackfootbusiness.com or call 866-541-5000. Blackfoot, connect to more. It's 4 o'clock. Welcome to Tutel and Nuanes, Montana's only statewide sports talk show. Broadcast on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Western Montana and across the state on SWX Television. I like football! Now, sports talk from Montana for Montana. Live from the Kurtz Polaris studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanes. The Nuggets are back in the series. And a whole bunch of athletes from all over the state make an appearance on this very show today. It is to tell new one as it is 1029 ESPN radio SWX Montana television outstanding to be with you across the great state. Thanks for being here. We are happy to be broadcasting with you and we are broadcasting live on the internet as well. What a thing that is 1029 ESPN.com. You go to our website, you listen in the stream anytime you would like to, you can listen to the station live and obviously four to six mountain time every weekday. You can listen to this show live. Thanks to Opportunity Bank of Montana. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. If you'd like to pick up your phone and call, you can do that as well. 361-3688-361-3688. All guests join us via the Rangage Brothers RV phone line. You can text that phone line as well. 361-3688. Text in and let us know what's going on. We'll be happy to talk with you today about basketball things. It is a basketball show, and then it is a football show, and then it is a athlete's across really from the state of montana i don't know if we're speaking to anybody who's actually in montana right now uh we got we got people all over the country but all related to montana so let's get into it here's what we got today first of all game three of the western conference semis a gots to have it game for the nuggets and guess what they went and got it impressive that was a very interesting game for a number of different reasons which i want to get into it is a wing it wednesday we're going to give you wings to the desperado sports tavern desperado sports tavern the best wings in the city of missoula and I got some trivia questions for Coulter that I am pumped up about. I've been saving these things today. I got no idea what's coming at him, so I am uh, I'm pumped up about this. We'll see how much he knows about, uh, well, things. <laughs> Also today, uh, we uh, will get... I wish get... everybody on the radio could have just seen your face. That's right, because I'm so... I, I think I got you. I think I got you right This here. is like your life goal. Yes. Feel great about this. You've been you've had these ready for days, which is in itself a miracle. No, it was just today. It was just today. Um 
top of the hour, very excited about this, Declan McCabe. He is a commit to the University of Montana Grizzly football team. He's a tight end and long snapper from Texas, Midway High School in Hewitt, Texas, which, if you're not familiar, is essentially Waco. He's just outside of Waco, Texas there uh, in, uh, well, what is it, in eastern Texas along the, you know, it's interesting. What, what is it, like Dallas-Fort Worth, Waco, Austin, San Antonio are all just in a line on the interstate north and south. And Houston, if you go further still, and I think it's a little further east Houston, i got to look again on a map. But, uh, you know, all those cities. Texas is such a huge state, right? Second biggest state in the country. And those, those, I mean, San Antonio and Dallas are only like four hours from each other. And you go through Austin and Waco in between the two. So, anyway. It's a lot of people. It's overwhelming. It's overwhelming. If you've ever been oh. down there, it's crazy. It's we crazy. drove. We drove. Um, I can't remember where I was driving. The story is though that I I had taken my turn driving. It's a very long road trip. I can't remember where we were going, but I had already taken my eight hour shift, and then I was sleeping, and then I woke up to the sunrise when we were in the Metroplex, and I thought that I was still dreaming because I was like, where are we? <laughs> Freeways stacked on top of each other. I was only like 20 years old at this point. I've never been to a big city like that, and I was just like, this is not for me. Yeah, This is all I need to see to know where I'm not going to move. Uh, next hour also, uh, so we'll talk to uh, Declan McCabe at the top of the hour, and uh, after that, our ESPN roundtable, and it's a two-for-one this week. We're excited about this, but we spoke with both the male and female recipients uh, recipients of the Little Sullivan Award for the top amateur athlete from the state of Montana, and by the way, if you're doing sports in the state of Montana, you are an amateur athlete. I guess maybe some there's professional rodeoers out there, but sure. uh, you, you got to get the idea what I'm getting at, but Catherine Rousseau out of Butte High School is a swimmer. She qualified for the United States Olympic team uh, trials, and she is now uh, in her first month of school at the Ohio State University. She's on the swim team there, so we spoke with her. And then Gress Jones, a four-time individual state wrestling champion, went to uh, wrestle at the University of Minnesota, and then uh, transferred to Dickinson State over there in Dickinson, North Dakota. Uh, so we talked with both of the, uh, them about the award and just about, in general, their sporting life. So pumped up about that. Uh, we also will get you set for Game 4 in the Eastern Conference Semis and Game 3 of the Stanley Cup Final. That and plenty more on Tutel and Nuwana. So there you go. That is the show today. Uh, Coulter, pleasant to see you. Hope you're doing well. You and I have uh, spent, uh, well, two hours and five minutes and 28 seconds in the last two days talking on this show. We've spent about 15 hours, though, recording ourselves talk, whether it's talking to people, podcasting, Grizz Greats podcast, by the way, up and Adam. Go to grizzgreats.com to uh, listen to that great series. We're really excited about it and several episodes out now uh, from the silver anniversary of the 1995 Montana National Championship team uh, and uh, talking to you know players, coaches, administrators, and various other folks associated with that team. And we'll have another one out for you this week. So very, very happy to have that there for you but we've been doing a lot but man there's just nothing like doing it live with our friends on the radio you know what i mean it's a whole different ball game last night Coulter, game three speaking of ball games of the eastern conference uh, western conference finals excuse me the uh, denver nuggets and the los angeles lakers and the nuggets they had to have it man i, it's, I mean it goes without saying right but you cannot go down oh three just period end of stories never happened the oh three comeback and it ain't gonna happen against lebron james of all people uh i don't care who you are i don't care how good your team is or whatever that is not going to be in the cards so the denver nuggets had to go out and get the thing done and you know what they went out and they did get the thing done. I said yesterday I thought that at halftime we would know who was going to win this game. It wasn't that cut and dry, but the fact that the Nuggets had an 18-point lead in the in the second quarter of that basketball game, I give the Lakers credit for cutting into it. They got it to 10 points going into half, and then it looked like, well, the Lakers are going to do this thing two different times. They got it, I think, to three points in the third quarter, the Los Angeles Lakers did, before Denver stretched it all the way back out to 20, man. And, and and relatively late in the third quarter, it's a 20-point game, and you go, good night now, it is all over. And you and I talk all the time about how 
it ain't over like until it's until it's 30 points in the NBA don't talk to me about the game being over because of the runs and and, and everything else and that is often true but they were doing whatever they wanted they such great defense leading to quick offense and even though LA is the team that likes to get out and run the Nuggets realized that they couldn't just go straight half court heads up either they needed to find something well they did at the 114-106 victory but the Los Angeles Lakers in that fourth quarter went went ballistic and they had a whirlwind comeback and Coulter I don't know that I've ever seen this in a professional NBA game I'm not saying this has never happened I'm not making a statistical you know statement of fact about the history of the game but I don't recall this ever happening I believe this was accurate from last night that the Nuggets at one stage in the fourth quarter after having been up 20 in the third I think they were up 18 maybe going into the fourth turned the ball over on six consecutive possessions to the Los Angeles Lakers, mm-hmm. including, hello, playoff Rondo, who just went absolutely berserk at the defensive end, was just raking Jamal Murray. I mean, just, just taking the ball back, just stealing it. And uh, run out after run out. And it is a bizarre thing to have, and I believe, the, I believe that lead got cut from 20 back down to three with about five minutes to go, and you go, oh my goodness, there is no chance the Lakers don't finish this off. And you know what happened? You're driving down the highway, you're going 85, you're going to make your appointment, it's all good. To clank, the tank is empty. I mean, they ra- absolutely ran out of co- gas completely, and you could see, I mean... You know, Anthony Davis is walking up the floor. He's behind the play. I mean, there's 14, 12 seconds left in the shot clock before he's even making it to half court going to the offensive end uh, at one stage in that game. And then Jamal Murray, he was the closer. Jokic was the opener in this game. He was the the the, the table setter, the energy guy, and was great in the first quarter. And it was, you know, the point was well made by Reggie Miller, I thought, last night that, that, that this team fed off of his energy early not just his game but the way he went about it and it looked for all the world like the Lakers were going to come back and win this game late and then they ran out of gas and Jamal Murray buried a couple huge threes and they ultimately got the win that they had to have a couple of takeaways for me in this game first of all I've been talking about the swings in this game that fourth quarter was one of the the oddest it is such a, a weird thing when either you get it going and can't be stopped or you get it going the wrong way and you can't figure it out. And, Colt, you know that I don't believe in momentum, basically, game to game, right? That you, I, All this talk about carrying momentum over and so forth, especially when you talk about, like, football playoffs, that kind of thing. There's a week in between. I can see it a little bit more in baseball uh, or in basketball. But by and large, I just think we got a new day, it's a new game, and we'll see what, ha- what happens. But in the game, there certainly is momentum. But I want to clarify, and I'm interested to know what you think about this, the difference between momentum and just runs. There's runs right. in basketball games all the time, especially in the NBA. You got you guys just go get streaky, get hot, get a couple of made shots, make a couple stops, and now all of a sudden it's a 12-2 run. That's fine. I'm not talking about that. What I watched last night was a team that couldn't even go hold the ball for 24 seconds and have a violation of shot clock violation if they wanted to. They crossed half court, half court, lost it. Crossed half court, lost it. Didn't make it to half court, lost it. Over and over and over again, and timeout after time. I mean, Mike Malone called like three times timeouts in the space of about two minutes of game time, just trying to get his team back on track. Couldn't ultimately call his last timeout with like six minutes to go because he you know, you're going to save at least one. And it is so odd, even at a professional level, to see these guys who are just bewildered in a moment that they were up by 20 and now all of a sudden you're only up by 15 and now it's nine and now it's six and you go what is happening and there's no way to stop it ultimately again I think what did stop it was the Lakers who just didn't physically have it because they expended a ton of energy making that run and I give them credit for having done it and Jamal Murray who said "Mm, not today I got to make a couple of shots, and he did, especially late, to kind of put the nail in. But it's a, it's an odd phenomenon when it happens that way. One of the best parts about the bubble is the fact that you don't have to account for travel. As every NBA player would tell you, every former NBA player, the hardest part about the playoffs is managing the travel. 
especially as the rounds continue to go. The finals is always going to be the hardest travel because you're the East versus the West. Boston, Los Angeles, you're flying across the country, back and forth. That's tough on you no matter what. Even if you're flying in a charter, you still have to be in a plane. It's tough on you. And I think the most appealing part about the bubble is that we're oftentimes, you know, say you have a, you, you fall down in a game and you're on the road, but it's game three or something and the series is 1-1. You just fold up and say, pack it in. We're not going to waste our energy. We'll come back out here tomorrow, see if we can steal game four. But either way, you know, we'll take it back to our house. You know, it's still a series. You're mitigating it. You're trying to get to the games that you think that you have the best chance to win rather than competing hard in all the games. And it's not a bad strategy in total when it comes to load management because at the end of the day, you're going to have to figure out how to win that sixth and seventh game likely anyways to win the series. But in these, you don't see teams shutting it down. I also think the fact that we have several unproven and young teams in this final four, you're also not seeing it as well. You saw it early with the Lakers a little bit because they were playing, they were, they were building towards this moment right now, but the Nuggets keep playing hard throughout. And I thought last night, the fact that they were able to, win this game. It, it was a have-to-have-it game for them, no question about it. But they showed a lot of fortitude in holding them off. And so often, young teams, the hardest part they, the hardest learning experience they have to go through is learning how to go through adversity, learning how to to fight back when they get backed into a corner, especially when you're getting bludgeoned by guys like LeBron James. Hmm. And this team never stops fighting. Jamal Murray, Nikola, I love Jokic coming into the play. I mean, I've loved Jokic since since I first watched him. He's a, a transcendent player in terms of his passing, court vision, pace, spatial awareness, all that. Jamal Murray has risen his opinion in my mind, and I think minds of people that watch the NBA from coast to coast more than any other player in the bubble. Mm-hmm. He's an unbelievable talent. Yeah. But it's his mentality that makes him so good. I mean, he is cold-blooded. You know, it's an interesting... Uh, 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 sort of medium that he strikes to me because he is he is absolutely cold-blooded and also tenacious and a lot of times it seems to me that the guys that are super steely and kind of poised and cool like that aren't also at the same time sort of ferocious about the way they go about it and sometimes the guys that are ferocious about it aren't you know aren't as aren't as cold you know, it's just, right. it, it seems it seems like a dichotomy of sorts, and he's got it both. Like he do, he is he is going straight at dudes and letting them know about it, and he's doing he's doing the face like he's wearing it on his sleeve, and also is just as if I may borrow as cool as the other side of the pillow, right? I mean, he just steps back and just reigns. If he needs to take it to the hole, he does it. Like he's not flat. Even even when even with all the turn, even when he was getting absolutely again just used by Rondo and how I mean he turned the ball over three four times in the space of 90 seconds two minutes of of game time was it was bizarre but he didn't let that change the way that he played in the second half by the way I thought Jamal Murray did not have a good first half I thought he played actually a pretty poor first half but 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 was carried but found figured it out and found a way to come through when he needed to there's very few scorers right now in the league that when they get off to a bad start, can punch through the wall and get it going again. Yeah, Usually it's hot start. I mean, that's why teams run these easy plays for their scorers to get them going. It, that, that's, been, that's been an underrated part of Carmelo Anthony's career for a long time is he can get it going at any time, even if he gets off to a bad start. He fights through it. That's what a truly great scorer can do, and that's what Jamal Murray's doing, man. I think that there's... An interesting thing going on in the league right now, too, just broadly. There's always going to be hot spots, places that are metropolitan areas that are producing really good talent. And a lot of times talent breeds talent when you have a lot of guys in an area that are of similar ages. You know, they, there's this pace setting. But there was this, there's a great documentary on Netflix called The Carter Effect, and it's all about Vince Carter. And his the, the the meteoric star he was in the mid ni- mid to late 1990s early 2000s in Toronto when the Raptors were still a pretty new franchise and now you've seen the generation of guys that Vince Carter created i think that there's 17 guys in the nba from toronto that's more than any other city it used to be seattle was dominating that race and seattle had i think 8 to 10 guys at the peak 
And those guys were all good. I mean, guys like Jamal Crawford and Isaiah Thomas and you know, Avery Bradley. But right now, the guys from Toronto, most of them by and large are pretty young. If uh, Andrew Wiggins, excuse me, turning the corner could really improve yeah. the overall perception perception yeah. of, of those guys. Because I think right now, Wiggins has been good but not great. And if you're good but not great as the number one overall pick, then you're considered a flop. But regardless, Jamal Murray's the best guy from that area. But when you analyze all the guys from that area, I think that there is, I mean, different areas have different styles, right? The, yeah. the point guards from New York, they always, especially during late 80s, early 90s, when you had that run of guys like, Kenny Anderson and Stephon Marbury and those type of guys, even into the early 2000s with Sebastian Telfair, a definitive type of style. The guys from Seattle, they all kind of have a definitive type of style and attitude too. Guys from Oakland, they have a little bit of a style too. I love the style of the dudes from Toronto though. It's not flashy. It's all just about getting it done, fighting through it, overcoming it. And I think I think it's really cool, man. I think I mean when you look when you read the stories about Jamal Murray, there's no secret why he is like he is, right? Like his yeah. dad has him shooting out in the driveway with gloves on in the snow yeah. in the middle of the winter. Like he had to be tough, and you see that. In I the- had that exact same thing happen to me, and that's why I'm tough. <laughs> there's there's a to certain good. element of genetics that goes into the NBA. <laughs> oh, is that part Sorry. of it. Sorry, dude. <laughs> Uh, and that was a huge, 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 huge win for the Nuggets last night. My, it's not easy to close out a, a veteran team like that when they come gunning for you like the Lakers did late. My last takeaway from this game, Anthony Davis, he don't got it, man. And he is as, as just transcendently talented as you could possibly be. And I'm never going to question a guy's, you know, desire or something like that. You know what I mean? Because different guys go about it differently. They look differently. He had 27 points last night. Okay, it's fine. Um, I watched this this game every second of it. And he had a couple of moments in the game where he just decided, no, I'm going to go get mine. And I'm going to get it done. And you know what happened 100% of the time? He got it done. Yeah. Because he's that good. He's that unbelievably skilled and 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 you know physically you know gifted and all of the all of it. He was an afterthought in this game in terms of what the influential figures in it. Yep. Which when you are one of the two people that is good, great on your team, you can't have that. Moreover, he had two rebounds. Like you. You're not allowed to be Anthony Davis ever, ever, ever and have two rebounds in a half to say nothing of a, of a, of a conference finals. I mean, He's you played 43 minutes. You have to you should have six rebounds hitting you in the face. You have to try. I'm, I'm saying you have to like avoid the, the, the attempt to get a rebound to come up with two rebounds. And that to me is is an effort or whatever. And, you know, I told you that he was gassed during this game. I don't think it was. He, I don't know. I, I don't know if he decided that. Hey, this is where I'm going to conserve the energy tanks is on the interior, and I'm not going to go after rebounds tonight or something like that. I, I just think it's crazy. And at the end of the day, when he had this breakthrough moment in Game Two and hits this game-winning shot and and sort of enters what to me was sort of a new realm of of basketball, uh, you know, stardom in one sense, but just uh, uh, basketball events of if having a moment in a big spot in a Western Conference Finals, which he's never been to before. Right. I thought it was significant. And then he comes out and as far as Anthony Davis goes, he was awful. For Anthony Davis, he was unacceptably bad last night. And I sit here and we go, why doesn't a guy like this just take it over? You cannot be stopped. No one can stop you. So go Go make this game yours, and he can't or he won't. I don't know. And even if tomorrow night he goes out and ha- hears criticism, which I think he's hearing pretty loudly today, and goes out and says, no, 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 that ain't me. I'm going to do it. That's fine. It's not going to change my opinion. Because, really? yes, the reason is is because some nights you got it and some nights you don't from uh, for a variety of reasons. Yep. But great players always have the it factor that they're going to take the thing over even if it doesn't go well for them even if they miss the game winner even if they go 10 of 40 from sure. the from from the field that it is their game and they're going to go make it happen and and that does not i have not seen
seen that from him, and I still haven't. And I don't think even if he goes and goes, scores 40 and has 20 boards, I'll see it. Lowest rebounding total since January 20th when he had four rebounds against the Celtics. Had at least six rebounds in every single game besides that one I just referenced. And one other game way back in November when he had uh, one rebound against the Hawks. He only six? 23 rebounds. I mean... 23 minutes, excuse me. Who... who, who he shouldn't. Six shouldn't be in the car. Six well, shouldn't right. be like. I mean, well, he got six, so that was okay. I mean, he's seven feet. He's Anthony Davis. All I'm be- saying is it might be an anomaly. His low for rebounds in the playoffs is nine until the other night. But but I, it's I, game I, three of the Western no, Conference I, I Finals. You. You're putting you. the team I got, away. I, I got you. In our current state of being as a society. Even if you are the most gifted, transcendent, anointed, beloved player, you are not immune from criticism. And there is something that exists in the ethos or maybe even something that you fabricate within your own mind to motivate yourself. Russell Westbrook is trying to prove everybody wrong. I don't know who doesn't believe him, but he doesn't think anybody believes him. He's going. That's how hard he goes all the time. Yep. LeBron has had this army of haters for 10 years since he made the decision way back to go to the Heat and leave the Cavs the first time. You know, KD has all these hate. Kevin Durant has all these haters on Twitter. He's always going back at him, but he's got a ton of criticism for that. And you know, can't get the thunder over the top. You're a sellout. You went to the Warriors. You bought yourself a championship. Every dude in the league has something that they're trying to overcome, whether it's real, fabricated, whatever. Everybody's playing with the chip on their shoulder. That's the thing that keeps you going. That's the thing that keeps your motor driven. Because Anthony Davis is who he is, What he, the, the fact that he was one of the latest blooming five-star prospects in the history of modern-day recruiting, I mean, the kid was nothing and then grew a bunch and went to an AAU tournament and then was everything. He went from, I think, ranked in the thousands of recruits in the country to the number one recruit in the country overnight. What are you getting at? Is that he has been immune from criticism more than any other player. Anthony Davis? Anthony Davis has been immune from the criticism of the general public at large more than any other player in the NBA right now in terms of how gifted he is. So right now, the fact that he did not, he made a game winner. It was the first real notable moment of his NBA life. It's the first time he's done anything that was... The half quarter was great, I might say, against the OKC that time, but yes, that was a regular season but, game. But we, when Anthony Davis caught his own personal momentum in a bottle and basically won the NCAA tournament at Kentucky as a freshman, it was this completely unique moment because we'd never seen a one-and-done team do that. And we'd never seen a team, a guy that was the best player in the tournament, be like, "This is. I doesn't matter if I'm a freshman. I'm going to just go win this thing." It never happened. Carmelo Anthony was the only other guy that really had that moment, but that was before the trend of the one and done. And Anthony Davis then got to the NBA, and everybody gave him a pass. He's playing in New Orleans. He's still growing into himself. Think about what he could become. Well, now he's 27 years old. Now he's been in the league for eight years. Now he's on the Lakers. Now he's playing next to LeBron. He still never reached that moment, though, where he could get killed on first take, where he could get killed on two telenuanas. This is the turning point of Anthony Davis's career. This is it right now. If he turns and is ignited by it, we could see a completely renewed vigor from Anthony Davis or not. And so I'm not ready to close the book on him yet because I do think he's one of the most purely naturally talented players the NBA has ever seen. I really do think that. But it's like we were saying at lunch today. I mean, you give him the heart and desire of Patrick Beverly, and the guy's got five rings already. And this is that is the point that I'm getting at. Now, whether it's five or whatever, but he well, whatever. He's he's not. I mean, he's so good that he one playoff series win in the first round in New Orleans in seven years is not good enough. It's not even. It's not only not good enough. It's it's the same thing as two rebounds in a Western Conference Finals. Like it's it's not just not good enough. It's unacceptable. Like you can't be that and have that be what your resume is. And the reason that he's been largely immune from criticism is to your exact point because he's never even been here to be criticized on the scale that you know where this is what everybody's watching. He's also so different than other quote unquote superstars because all the rest of these guys 
They're trying to build a corporation. They're trying to build a brand. They're putting themselves out there. You got to give them all credit. No matter what you think of them, you got to give them credit for being bold enough and having the courage enough to bring criticism upon themselves. I mean, you transform yourself like James Harden and decide to go all in on this specific style. Because James Harden was like a kind of like a true point guard when he was the backup point guard in Oklahoma City. Mm -hmm. And he just decided, I'm going to play Drew League in the NBA. I'm going to play pickup basketball in the NBA. A couple scoring titles later, you got to respect it even if you don't like watching it. But Anthony Davis has never put himself out there as a marketable guy. You know, he's never been the spokesman for a team. He doesn't really put himself out there in terms of what he thinks about literally anything. I think that's another part of why he's been able to stay away from the criticism that that gets bestowed upon everybody else. If you want to be great in the NBA, it presumes that you want to be great in the spotlight because you can't be great in the NBA without the spotlight. Truth. That's what happens. And so, you know, if if you're not, if you're not, comfortable in those moments and you're not comfortable being a professional athlete period but here's the irony of it all unless you're marshawn lynch here's the irony of it all how about marshawn lynch having a new commercial where he just talks here's the thing he's not he's not uncomfortable he just hates it there's a difference well, how, have you seen his new chips commercial oh, it's great it's, it's phenomenal hilarious. Oh, it's the greatest it's hilarious marshawn's the greatest the man. irony of this whole anthony davis situation though is all of the things that we just said is why he's the best teammate for lebron and that that's that's all well and good but guess what man if you want to be known as LeBron's best teammate, good for you. Yeah. But that ain't good enough. It's but we, kill, we kill guys no matter what, right? Kyrie Irving didn't want to. That's right. And wh- how's it going for him? I know. I'm just saying, though, like, we killed Anthony Davis for wanting to do that, and then we killed Kyrie for not. Where do you win? How do you win? Well, I don't know. We didn't kill Kyrie Irving when he hit the game-winning shot to win the NBA Finals for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah, but you killed him for a week when he was saying I didn't want to play with LeBron anymore. I, I kill him to this day. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> it's the dumbest thing ever. I mean, it's just idiotic. <laughs> Stu Telling Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Guess what we got for you, boys and girls? Wings. That's what. We're going to give them to you right after this. Hey. We live in this great state, right, so that we can enjoy it. If you're a business owner, you know how to work hard, but sometimes the expense is your own free time. Well, that's where Black Bookkeeping and Consulting Services comes in. Black Bookkeeping and Consulting Services is a virtual bookkeeper that helps small businesses organize, maintain, and grow their business, which helps keep your business running smoothly and gives you more time to do what you love. Black Bookkeeping and Consulting Services offers monthly bookkeeping and will even clean up, clean up previous month's books. Visit blackbookkeepingllc.com to schedule a free consultation today. Change is constant, and nowhere is this more true than with your company's network and network security. With an SD-WAN solution from Blackfoot Communications, you get the best of both worlds. A scalable network to quickly connect remote offices and the protection from downtime that ensures your network is always on. For more information, visit blackfootbusiness.com or call 866-541-5000. Blackfoot, connect to more. You like wings? Well, come to the right place. It's 2 Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Got wings for you to the Desperado Sports Tavern. I got questions for Coulter. We're going to do a little trivia here on a Wednesday afternoon, as we always do. And this time, you are the winner. Call right now, 361-3688, the Desperado Sports Tavern, the best wings in the city of Missoula, according to you, the voting public. Man, hot teriyaki. The straight hot wings are great. And if you know, you know, maybe you're not a spicy person, they're sissy wings for you. And guess what? It's okay. I've had the sissy wings, and they are really good, too. So give us a call, 361-3688. We'll give you wings right now to the next caller at that phone number, 361-3688. You don't have to do anything but call to get them. But, Coulter, I got some trivia for you. Are you ready? I don't know. The task that you're uh, – the, th- the fact that you continually try to make this more hard – has me worried we might soon reach the point of impossible, but we'll see. No, and here's what it is. You ready? Yeah. 2020 Major League Baseball 
playoff structure. Oh man, I got nothing. Come on now. I, I seriously have Come on. nothing. Okay, here we're going to start easy. I don't even think I could name a team that nope, plays in Major nope, League Baseball right nope. now. No, structure. Okay, we're not even talking teams. Okay? okay. Here's the deal. The Major League Baseball playoffs begin on what day, Coulter? Do you know? No clue. Okay. September 29th. Mm, that's soon. I think. <laughs> I got to actually double what check day that. What is it today? The it's the 23rd today. Okay. Uh, there's like four or five games left in the regular season, roughly, but I believe the 29th is the first day. Okay. There is an expanded playoff. I think you're aware of at least that uh, this year in Major League Baseball. Uh, how many teams from each league will be in the Major League Baseball playoffs? Oh, my goodness. Are you kidding me? We'll take a stab at it. How many are there normally, Coulter? I don't know. <laughs> Game 7, 2016 World Series. Cubs win. I stopped watching baseball. Yeah, and the structure didn't change until just now. And I'm asking yeah, about the Yeah, but they have this structure. new like one-game playoff That's right, the wild card. Which adds and, one team. Which adds one team to what was previously four teams. Yeah. So that's five teams. There you go. So then there's 10 teams. And now we're going to have more than that. That's right. So I'm going to say we have two different wild card games in each league. Is that right? Uh, Sort of. Okay. Not really. So you got the three division winners on each side. Mm-hmm. So there's six. Yeah. You got two more wild cards on each side. So there's 10. Mm-hmm. And then what? One more wild card on each side? You are not close. The uh, way this will work is there will be three division winners. That's okay. six. There will be three division runner-ups. That's six more. And two wild card teams from each league. That's eight from each side. Seated 16 teams. 16 teams seated one through eight. All hmm. of them will play in the wild card round. Hmm. One versus eight, two versus seven, three versus six, and four versus so five. So the team with the best record could lose. We'll get to that. Three-game series? That was my next question. Look at you. How many games will the wild card series be? Three games? It's a three-game series. Huh. Question number two or three or four. How many games is the divisional round of the Major League Baseball playoffs this year? The divisional round after the wild card. How many games? Yeah. What Five. It's a five-game series. Excellently done. How about the... Penance. Seven. And the World Series will also be seven, seven games. All right, last question for you. Uh, the How is the World Series, in terms of the way it will actually be played, going to differ from previous World Series? No home field advantage. It'll be played. Say more. It'll be played in Arlington Stadium in Texas. There we go. There is not going to be any travel for the World Series. Is it Arlington? Uh, I think that sounds right. But in any case, they will travel, though, for the other series, which is I find sort of interesting. I mean, they're already traveling as it is. so But they're going to have it all in one place, one location for the World Series. But it's one versus eight, two versus seven. It's actually very symmetrical yeah. in this instance. And then will a three-game series for the – no. No. if the, um, Maybe that's okay. why I didn't learn it. I'm about ready to lose my mind. Uh, nothing new. This year, because everything is different and everything is weird and everything is bizarre, Major League Baseball decided they're just going to go ahead and implement everything that people have talked about maybe trying to or wanting to implement because they could do a dry run with it in a in a in a season that was going to be odd so they get rid of or they add i guess you want to say the dh in the national league in postseason or in 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 extra innings overtime games you start with a runner on second base and in in uh, days with double headers, the game, the full game, is a seven-inning game. Within the course of this season, I'm fine with it. I understand that it's a sprint. I understand that there were cancellations due to COVID. You got cancellations due to weather, and you need to make up games. And it's just sort of crazy to just have three double-header days of nine-inning games out of, like, five days, you know, in a row. I mean, I think the I think the Cardinals played a stretch of, like, 14 games in 10 days because they had missed so many games early on. Right. So, uh, 
right here and right now, I got no problem with this. But everybody, not everybody, but many people seem to be going, hey, isn't this great, this guy on second base? What a novelty this is in extra innings to move things along. Hey, how about this seven inning is kind of done? Is you kind of get through it a little bit quicker? You know what? If you want it to go faster, watch basketball. It ain't baseball. It's 162 nine-inning games. If you go a tenth inning, you go to the home plate with nobody on base, and you got to get there and earn it yourself. If you're in the National League, you got a pitcher that's pitching, and you know what? That should be the American League style of baseball as well. There should be such things as a double switch and the, the manager actually managing a baseball game rather than a bunch of computer nerds just moving the pieces around on the chessboard. This is idiotic and every way and if this sticks the best thing about the MLB postseason is it's hard to get there you don't have losing teams like in the NBA and NHL playing in your postseason it is awful this all has to go that was your Burn Street Bistro Burn of the Week thank you Burn Street for letting me get that off my chest I mean are you kidding me yeah I mean I don't know man I uh I've talked about it extensively on this show, but I used to love baseball. I just don't care anymore, and I really think that I am not alone in that, and I really think that Major League Baseball needs to figure out the reason why. Major League Baseball does not need to figure anything out. You got to figure it out. No, 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 no. They they went from a a, a sport that was absolutely nationally prominent with nationally televised games that people cared about, national narratives, that were part of the water cooler conversation from coast to coast to not straight up. And they got to figure it out. That ain't the case. I have water cooler conversations every day with my dear friend, Robert chase about baseball. Yeah. He's old. He ain't that old. And if that's the problem, that ain't the problem. I mean, it's not, it's baseball goes out there. They do what they do. Turning, turning golf into a miniature golf course. Isn't golf anymore. Right. Okay, but turning baseball into a computer game based on shifts and statistics and analytics and all these things is what's robbed of so much of the improvisation and beauty. Let me let me tell you something. If they got rid of sabermetrics and they created like, well, no, no, if you're at second base, you got to stay here at this area in second base, the traditional locations of the things. It would not change one thing about how much you watch or care at all. You're right. I'm probably God for life. But here's my my point is that's on you. That's it. That's all I'm saying. It's not. Yes, it is. It's not, though, because like if there was a Bryson DeChambeau of baseball, I'd be back in. There are. There's about a hundred of them. Uh, Not with the unique way that they play the game. Very likely the greatest player to ever play baseball is playing in his prime as we speak. What more do you want than that? He's no question not the best player ever. Mike Trout is not the best player ever. Where he is right now in his no, career and no. what he is, you you can sit here and stamp your feet and just scream no, but it's not actually an argument. And they're all I'm saying is you have one of the transcendent talents of all time playing baseball. But is he fun to watch? Yes. Is he as fun to watch as even some of his? So is Javier Baez. You want fun? Go watch Javier Baez play. Go watch Tatis. Two tell wins another one. <laughs> three six one three six eight eight. We got another. Basket of wings for you. That's right. Two for one today to the Desperado Sports Tavern. Desperado Sports Tavern across from the YMCA on South Russell. Get over there to the uh, Desperado. First of all, it's more than just wings, man. If you haven't had uh, you know, a burger over there, you are missing out. Get a burger over there regularly. Great meat, both on the steaks and the burger side of things. Great food across the board. Obviously, the king of wings, too. King of wings. Desperado Sports Tavern. We'll give you the wings right now. 361-3688. Give us a call. We'll do that. On the other side, a kicker has committed from in-state to a state school. We'll tell you who and where right after this. For unquestionably committed coverage of Montana, Montana State, and Big Sky Conference athletics from a homegrown local source, you can count on Skyline Sports. The grassroots news-gathering organization is owned and operated by Coulter and Brooks Nuanas, a pair of Missoula natives and University of Montana graduates. For the best sports journalism in the state, you can choose to buy local when you choose to buy Skyline Sports. For $8 a month or $90 a year, you can get the best coverage available at SkylineSportsMT.com. Skyline Sports, every day, every season. I got a heart full of blood, I got a heart full of 
definitive threshold or barometer to say when a date has gone well and when it hasn't? Like, we know when it's gone really good <laughs> and when it's gone bad, but is there like a middle ground where you're like, I don't know. It's hard to know if it's been good or not. It's hard to say. We've been, how long have we been on this date, you and me? Three years now? It's 2 Telling New Honors, 1290 oh, SPN Radio. This is absolutely the best and worst date I've ever been on. If that's what we're calling it. <laughs> Hey, any date's going to be great and awful if you're on it for long enough. You know, that's the thing. You just got to give it some or time. Maybe just straight awful. I mean, yeah, I guess it's usually the worst dates are the shortest dates, though, right? I mean, that's the benefit there. You just, okay. Well, I'm just going to get my own Uber. Uh, all right. <laughs> Coulter, uh, you want to talk to us a little bit here about uh, some recruiting, some stuff that has happened. Camden Casper out of Billings Central. He is a kicker who has committed to the University of Montana, an in-state product. Uh, and, you know, the uh, obviously the kickers are not the, the most quote-unquote glorified of positions, but if you can get a kicker who's great, and I know nothing about this kid. Okay, I had no idea what you know how good, how what you know his percentage. Nothing. I don't know anything. Never heard of him till today. But he's going to the University of Montana, and uh, it's it's so kicker might be the position that's the most underlooked in relationship to the most important uh, you know of in in all of football. You know the value that it adds to your team to have a great kicker, somebody you can trust that you can depend on. Uh, and and yet the lack of sort of, I don't know, spotlight that it receives in general, unless there's a miss or something like that. So anyway, talk to us about Camden Casper out of Billy Central. Well, Bradley, when you talk about the way that Bobby Houck at Montana builds his program, he obviously puts a high priority on special teams. He's one of the great special teams coaches in the country, yeah. point blank period. I mean, when he was the special teams coordinator at San Diego State, I think during that three-year span, I think they led the country in kickoff returns for touchdowns. I mean, I, I don't know if I've ever covered a Bobby Houck team where they didn't have multiple returns for touchdowns in a season. Mm-hmm. Always, they take one or two or three or sometimes five back for touchdowns. <laughs> right. I mean, seriously, though. Right. I mean, how many they take back last year? Three? I think two. I think two. Malik yeah. Flowers had two kickoffs, yep. but then didn't Jerry Louie had a had a Oh, there's a Yeah, there's a punt to the house, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah, what yeah. I'm talking, all, all okay. sorts of returns. Yep. But also, the style that they play is they want to control the ball and, and get points whenever possible. And having a consistent, lethal kicker is the key to that. And I mean, a couple of the best kickers in the history of the Big Sky Conference, Chris Snyder and Dan Carpenter, kicked under Bobby Houck. He also recruited Bernie McKnight, who then finished his career under a couple other coaches. But he was a prolific guy that threatened some of Dan Carpenter's records as well and then made money kicking as well. So investing a scholarship in a guy and then developing him, I think is worth as much in terms of your recruiting quote unquote money budget as anything. Because if you can just get a dude who you know is a top notch guy and just ride with him for three or four years, that's awesome. And I, 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 uh, the the Camden Casper kid, the, the, the evolution of recruiting via Twitter, even in the state of Montana, is just so fascinating. This kid's been posting videos of himself working out and kicking. What a great advertiser for yourself. Well, like it, you're not like if you're just kicking a sixty yarder on camera, you're not lying. Like that, you can do it. Kicking more than any other thing, exactly. man, is the one. I mean, it's the closest thing you get to track, right? Where it's yeah. like, hey, this is the number. Now it's different to do it in a game. I get all that, but yeah, if yeah. you, it, some people got the leg and some people do not. And uh, if you do, show it. Billing Central right now, they've only played two games. Uh, he hasn't made a field goal yet this year. He also has not attempted a field goal of less than 49 yards. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so they haven't really put Candy Casper in a position to succeed. I think that he's something like 9 of 16 in his high school career, but he's also the Montana all-time record holder in PATs. I don't think it's a stat that's been tracked that long. He's also been doing it for a pretty prolific offense for quite some time. But the point of the story is that I've seen the kid kick 50 plus yarders on videos on Twitter, not against, you know, it's, it's a, it's on air, yeah. but he's got the leg to do it. And yeah. I think that it's a, it's a good deal. He's a 2021 guy. Actually, let me stat check that. But regardless, Montana, they, um, they are pivoting. We've talked about the, uh, the way that both schools are recruiting. Yeah. He is a 2021 guy. So this commitment is not until it's not until the future here. Yeah. But, they also offered Missoula Sentinel product, Zach Cruz. He's a defensive end. He's a junior right now at Sentinel today. And they also offered Tyson Rostad, the quarterback down in Hamilton mm. today. So we've seen both Montana and Montana State put high priority on in-state kids. We've got commitments from most of the quote-unquote blue-chip kids right now. 
on either side. And, and by the way, tease for later on in this week, we'll have Neil Daly from Billings West commit to the Cats, as well as Gino Leonard from Missoula Sentinel, Jace Kluswich from Missoula Sentinel on the show later on this week. So uh, catching up on some recruiting stuff. But uh, Montana now, it seems, is pivoting to recruit for the future and maybe keeping some scholarships close to the vest to see what's going to happen. I think that they're probably going to try to fill in the blanks with a bunch more transfers if they do have some availability or not. Yeah. The fact that now I think they have eight kids committed to the current class, depending on who comes back, that might be about it. I mean, Montana State, I think I've reported on 12 of them. I don't know how much more room they have. Usually these classes are 20, 25, sometimes in coaching transition years, 30 kids. There knows no way they can take that many kids because I think they're going to be so loaded up yeah. with all the scholarships coming back. But back to Camden Casper. He has been an All-State kicker a couple times. He's also a great athlete. I think he's got. he says on his Twitter profile he's got a 4.5 GPA. Pretty darn good. And he's an academic All-State guy, National Honor Society guy. So according to the Missoulian, he's getting a half scholarship for athletics, but also is probably going to get the other half filled in because of academics. Mm-hmm. That's perfect. If you can get an in-state kid who has Division One talent as a specialist and load him up like that, I think it's a pretty darn good bargain for the Grizz, and I think it's a good commit for the Grizz as well. A guy that can maybe step in and take over that role earlier than later. It's 2 Tell New Honest, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, hour number one in the books, hour two straight ahead. Very happy to have Declan McCabe, another recruit for the Montana Grizzlies out of Hewitt, Texas. He's a tight end and a long snapper, so uh, maybe he's going to Snap it back there to McCabe. No well, not right to him, to his foot, as it were. Uh, all right, we know how this sport works. Anyway, we'll get to him and uh, our roundtable as well. Top of the hour coming up right after this. Have you tried live from Trail West Bank? Think an ATM with a personal touch. A friendly team member on video helps you bank your way. So see how live can make your life easier no matter how busy you are. Swing by Trail West Bank. You can make deposits, withdrawals, transfer funds, and much more. No matter where you're at in Western Montana, there's a Trail West Bank near you. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus. 